Okay, welcome back everyone to another great episode of Classic Elder Scrolls. This is uh, this is going to be take two for us. Uh, obviously, Morrowind being what it is, the, uh, the 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 dynamic technology that it, that exists in Morrowind. As soon as we fired up the stream, we got two laps out and then the damn thing crashed. <laughs> so uh, so it should be a it should be a fun stream today. It should be a fun stream. Um, don't care if the game crashes, but I do care if the stream crashes, so that might be a thing. Anyway, uh, welcome to Classic Folks. This is episode 68. I'm Telvaniing your mom. I swear to God, this was written in the notes here. <laughs> and brought to you <laughs> by the Quest Gaming Network, available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and QuestGamingNetwork.com. Today's record date is Morndoss, the 27th of First Seed. And I am your host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, Ivarwin. And I am joined by the Morrowind version of Janessa. There she is. All gangly and <laughs> whatnot. And that <laughs> polygony. Polygony and oh yes. Um but of course, uh Janessa and myself, we're not alone. We've got some pretty awesome dudes here. Uh starting with uh the, this man right here, who's about to tell, tell Vani your mommy, Mike, the Tamrielic historian. That's right. My Enderel character is going to tell on your Telvani character. Oh, boy. Hey, you doing, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I've been enjoying the Jester's Festival and ESO, and I actually played Morrowind without it crashing this week. Oh, wow. wow. Okay, okay. That was an outright lie, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, no. I played for about an hour. Most of the time it was killing those goddamn uh, cliff racers and trying to figure out how to get to the other side of the map. Sounds like the start of a really good joke. Uh, it wasn't for the guy that I went there to assassinate. <laughs> Ooh. See what I mean? <laughs> uh, and of course, we are we are also uh, joined as well by this gentleman here. Not only was this man there, but... He told a few Dark Elf kids to break up their fight. The kids went five separate ways, and Marwin hasn't been the same since. The one, the only, the last of his kind, Mark the Sonarist. Hey, thank you for having me. And as per usual, and actually that is going to be uh, heavily into the uh, Sonarist archives. You see, we're going to be discussing the interesting tale of how my character's life got flipped, turned upside down. Now, I'd like you to take a minute. Just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the Hortator of Balfoyen, heir. Oh, <laughs> So this was apparently my last episode. <laughs> Can that never happen again? I make no promises. You know that Liz is going to be so mad at you now because she's going to be like, oh, sure, you'll sing on that show. <laughs> I don't really I don't count think that, that as singing. Qualifies as singing. I don't know about that. But, no, uh, not on my end, anyway. But between, the, between the horror tour of Bel Air and uh, Mike, who's about to tell Vani Yomami, <laughs> I think we got ourselves a, a boy band. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, folks, um, it's uh, it's great to be back, and we've got a wonderful chat room right here uh, hanging out with us today. Uh, we've got lots to talk about, um, but first we want to just uh, let everyone know uh, where where you could find us. Uh, Mark, if you if you would, good sir. But of course. Uh, well, they can always watch us live on uh, twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork. Uh, you can email us at Elder Scrolls off the record at gmail.com 
Uh, you can always find us on the web, on the web we're at yeah, at uh, questgamingnetwork.com. And if you use social media, you can find us on Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR, on Facebook at facebook.com slash questgamingnetwork, or if you're using Google, you can find us at google.com slash plus sign questgamingnetwork. Hmm. So what are we doing today, guys? Well, uh, Mark, I don't know. Why don't you Why don't you tell us what's what's going on? What we have in store for for all of us here? Well, apparently, using my psychic powers to read your mind, ah, uh, yes, we are going we are going to be playing Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Oh, that's such uh, a good idea. Uh, I I foresee Mike is going to be doing in the history of the Wizard Lords of House Telvani. No. I have no clue what we're doing in the archives. Um, uh, <laughs> the only one that you should know. Uh, <laughs> but Mark, uh, that's your thing. <laughs> Psychic powers take a lot out of me. Oh, uh, we're going to do uh, Wizard Lords and the Elder Scrolls. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, that sounds good. And, of course, we have our fast question of the week, the crafting table. Uh, this week in Tamriel Holidays, uh, play game, uh, gameplay challenge of the week. And, of course, uh, we have some tweets as well. So there's that. Uh, we've got our got ourselves a little uh, little Twitter question of the week, and some of you folks weighed in on that. We very much appreciate that. Um, right here on the stream, you are looking at the city of Vivek. Oh my! Oh, hmm. Sweat. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> State your business, please. Uh, so. Everyone, ladies and gentlemen, put your pods together for the two most interesting moments uh, unfolding throughout the cosmos. The one, the only, Jazzledar, who will divine through the moon sugar in Ethereus. Your horoscope brought to you by Master in Secunda, Jordan John. Take it away, my fuzzy pronosticating friend, if you please. Thank you. Have you seen this one's <laughs> magnificent porcelain likeness? A special mess for the Justice Festival has been commissioned to hide the fun this one is having, dressed in outlandish colors and making fun of those that this one helps secure their role for. Oh, that is right. And the Nord Pig Princess, she is the most fun that this one has had in a long time. <laughs> it is as if the carnival has come to town. The only thing missing is a tent for this one to sit in and read passerby's fortunes. So, since you have stopped, let us take a look at the sugar crystals. Mm, yes. Uh, a star, a heart, and two crescent moons sit at the bottom of this cup. The star, a sign of good luck and fortune, blessed upon your house. The heart, love, shall come to you soon. And the two crescent moons, with their inner faces towards each other, look towards their reflection and seeing in others what you behold in yourself. So, now I bid you farewell, and may, and wish that warm sands be in your future. Oh, Jazzledar, that was very interesting. I like that very much, yes. Uh, you're very welcome. Do you, have a, do you have porcelain mask for yourself? Oh, no, no, I would love one, though. I would love one. Uh, we have to make sure the snoot sizes match, however. Yes. yes. They're very well constructed. Mine's a little snubby, but a bit wide in the front, my snoot. It's not as long as yours. Mm. 
I, I mean, if we did a whole show on that, how, did, how long do you think we could go for that? I don't know. When, I, when we did the Thieves Guild one, it was about an hour that we went. I played as Jazzledai the entire show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think enough people were like, get over it. Get over it already. Could we not Stop. do this? Stop. It, was, it stopped being funny 45 minutes ago. <laughs> um all right mike uh since since we're since we're with you at the moment uh would you mind uh would you mind telling us a little bit about some of the some of the tamrielic holidays that that may have been uh around since our last recording yes so we've had three holidays hagatham first seed the 21st is the day that all the dark elf priests summoned the daedric prince azura for her guidance and support it is held on the 21st of first seed now, you figure, with that many Dark Elves all summoning her at the same time, this woman has to be the busiest uh, Daedric Lord on Nern. Uh, the 25th of First Seed is Flower Day. Flower Day is another of the frivolous celebrations of High Rock. It sounds like something that uh, Hallmark has decided to make. Uh, children pick the new flowers of spring, while older Bretons, cooped up all winter, come out to welcome the seasons and dance and sing. And then First Seed, the 26th. Festival of the Blades. During the Festival of the Blades, the people of the Alakir Desert celebrate the victory of the first Redguard race over the giant goblins. The story is considered a myth by most scholars, but the holiday is still very popular in the desert. So those are your three holidays. Ah, very I, nice. I remember, I think it was a year or two, maybe two years ago, I'm not sure, but um, in the ESOTR or in ESOTR Guild, we actually did a uh, Festival of Blades event. Uh, no, the Great Goblin Chase, um, I think, is later in the year. No, it, it was the it was the Goblin Hunt. Basically, a couple of us, uh, I, I myself and Ray, we actually we arranged it, and um, basic a couple of us basically dressed up as goblins hidden Stros Mackay, and there was uh, basically, here's a bunch of clues, track us down. And afterwards, we went into the Alec here to run around a bit. Mm. To actually, there's that spot in uh, Southern Alec here, in Southern um, um, uh, Sentinel, uh, where basically they, you have to deal with the ghosts of the uh, of the Red Guard fighting the, the goblins. Okay, yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. Uh, but, you know, it seems like that's a lot of the... There's a couple holidays, though, where, you know, they celebrate defeating the goblins uh, for things. Because I know we did the Great Goblin rate, uh, uh, Hunt, uh, and it wasn't that long ago um, for that one. That was this just a couple months ago. Yeah, no, uh, this this was a while ago. Hmm. Um, well, we've got a lot to talk about on the show, guys. And um, gameplay is definitely am among that. But, of course, we want to present... Uh, you know stuff about the Telvanni and and some other uh, fantastic, uh, powerfully fantastic, fantastically powerful wizards uh, here in here in Elder Scrolls. Um, but before we jump into any of that, we do have uh, a couple of things that we'd quickly like to mention. Uh, Mike, if you don't mind. Yeah. So the QGN store is now open. So if you're interested in getting some merchandise with the QGN logo. Please go to questgamingnetwork.com and click on our shop tab. Now, Varwin, you were saying that uh, some new stuff has come in there, right? Oh, yeah, uh, without a doubt. <clears throat> so um, it's not just the QGN logo. Um, it's, uh, it's you know, we've got we've got pretty much uh, gear and apparel for for all, all of your favorite QGN, uh, QGN um, uh, shows. Uh, 
so for Elder Scrolls Off the Record and uh, KD Radio, um, as well as QG DND, and and of course the QGN logo, um, we've got some great hoodies in a couple of different styles, as well as some uh, some T-shirts. Uh, we just put up some um, uh, coffee mugs, uh, as well as the uh, the KD Radio coffee mug is one of our newer items, and uh, we've got a whole bunch of uh, brand new mouse pads uh on on uh, the qgn shop as well um it's not going to stop there either we've we've got more that that uh we're coming out with and uh more stuff that we're going to be coming out with with the with the with you know our logos on it whatnot so um we would ask that uh you if you're interested in getting some of that uh head on over to questgamingnetwork.com and click on our qgn shop tab and uh have fun have fun it's been a long time coming this this uh qgn shop yeah, and uh, you can get them in multiple, like the shirts and stuff, in multiple different colors, right? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's not just it's not just the shirts that you see. Uh, it's just not the colors that you see right there. Um, you can get them. I mean, you, you'll see. Like when you go to the um, when you go to the QGN shop tab, you click on that, and then you'll you'll find like a uh, whatever you happen to like. You just click on that item that you like, and you can they'll give you a uh, an assortment of colors you can choose from, as well as sizes too. A lot of our shirts come in, uh, you know, 3x as well. So I know uh, someone out there had been had been saying on Twitter, you know, oh, how come you guys don't have, you know, uh, really big, you know, hoodies? And, and we do. It's there. Just gotta click on the old size. size do, do we have slippers yet? You know, for your size 14 feet. <laughs> 15 wide, actually. Oh, 15 but, wide. Yeah. <laughs> I was told that they can't stretch the leather that far, so I'm also <laughs> guessing they can't stretch our logo that far. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So what else we got, Mike? Uh, and then, uh, you know, if you uh, want to come and visit with us, uh, we are holding the first annual QGN Con. So join the members of Quest Gaming Network this October on West 74th Street in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, come join your QGN host for a live broadcast. Interactive gaming sessions such as as D and D and Magic the Gathering, yes, and ESOTR guild uh, run in ESO. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. Uh, talk about things that are a long time coming. Uh, QGN Con is something that our our listeners have been asking for since our our first year uh, recording shows, and um, we never really had the ability to put it together until this year, and. So we're in a great spot in, in the middle of Manhattan. We're on the Upper West Side in Manhattan. Um, it, it, some of the most beautiful real estate in the world at, uh, over at uh, right around the baseball center that's, that is there. And, um, and that is where we're having our first QGN Con ever. Um, I'm very excited to be able to, you know, to be doing this you know, in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Um, it's, it is one night. However, that one night... Is going to be great, and after QGN Con, if you guys uh, want to get together and and uh, kind of you know go around the city a little bit, we're in a beautiful area to do it in. Um, so so um, since our last discussion about, it, I'm going to keep this as short as possible. Um, since our last discussion about it, quite a lot has changed. Uh, we've we've planned quite a bit. Um, we haven't taken anything off of what we what we had said before. Um, we are recording an episode, a live episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record and KD Radio. Uh, we're also going to be having a Magic the Gathering tournament, and which we are going to be providing cards for, by the way, and you can keep your cards. 
And we're also having a uh, D&D session hosted by uh, none other than the producer of QG D&D, uh, Mark. Oh, looking forward to that. I, I still need to plan exactly what we're doing. Um, I'm tempted to go with a musical thing, if only to make Liz really, really, uh, really happy. Work for it. it. Well, that's not all. Uh, we've also got a guild run that we're going to be doing in Elder Scrolls Online. Um, if you if you bring a laptop, folks, we're going to we're going to give you a discount off of your tickets. Uh, if you bring a laptop for the ESOTR guild run, um, it's going to be all of us at QGNCon playing in Elder Scrolls Online, and we're going to have a an event together with people who are at home who could not make it to QGNCon. We're going to have an event with them too in the guild together as a guild for about two hours. Um, the whole entire day is going from 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. over in uh, over at the baseball center in New York City, and we're actually selling uh, three types of tickets. Uh, for those who want to be there uh, early at 4 p.m. to the middle, um, we're selling a, a session one ticket that's fifty dollars. Uh, those who would rather be there later, we're going to be selling uh, tickets from the middle of our session toward the end at 1 a.m. And those are going to be fifty dollars, so you can you can choose to uh, go to QGNCon uh, for for fifty bucks and get one session, or you can choose to stay for the entire day, and instead of it being a hundred dollars for both sessions, we're going to we're charging eighty for the entire day from four p.m. till one a.m. in New York City, and we're going to be uh, providing uh, all you can eat uh, hot dogs and um, pizza. And soda and water, soft drinks, snacks, especially snacks, um, all day long from 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. Food, uh, that's part of your ticket prices, is, is the food. So uh, either session one or session two is 50 bucks. Um, or if you want to buy the whole day, the whole evening rather, it's $80. Um, and we're also going to be having a thing where if you buy session one and you want to stay for session two, um, you can pay right there. You don't have to leave immediately. If you if you want to stay for session two and you, you didn't think you were going to have as much fun as you were having and session one is ending and session two is about to begin and you want to stay, we'll do payment on the spot for session two as well. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll do that too. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all of the information that, that we're... A oh, 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 oh. Um, the Magic the Gathering tournament is also going... On top of the fact that you can keep the cards that we give you to play the Magic the Gathering tournament, uh, we're also going to be giving away QGN swag prizes, and anyone who does buy a ticket automatically gets a QGN t-shirt for free when they get to the Baseball Center. Nice. So how's that, folks? Sound good? I think it sounds great. Yeah. I mean, you know, all you can eat hot dogs yeah. that might, you know, end up uh, bankrupting, you know, the the place. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're doing everything we possibly can to to make um, to make the ticket prices really worth it. Um, I was very disappointed when when the uh, the baseball center had said uh, they wanted to do fifty dollars tickets, and I said, well, look, I I I wanted to do thirty at the most. This is twenty dollars over. Um, let's let's add more value. I think more value for this is going to be um, better. So then we came up with the idea of you know the prizes and the food. So um, I, I really want to give as much value as I possibly can for, for everyone's day. 
And uh, I know it's it's not a cheap thing to to travel to New York City. Um, but if if you do travel, if you do make this trip, I am going to do everything I possibly can to make sure that it's one giant QGN hangout session. Um, I even had some people ask, like, you know, are we going to have time with the hosts? And absolutely, absolutely. Um, all day long, we're going to be just there with you hanging out. I mean, we're not going to be up on a stage far away or anything like that. I mean, we're going to be sitting there right next to you. Um, so we're all going to be hanging out together. And yes, of course, uh, if, if someone out there wants, uh, you know, signatures from the hosts and, and whatnot, absolutely, of course, we'll be more than happy to, you know, sign whatever you want or if, if that's a thing, hang out, sit down, talk with you, you know, no problem. Um, the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because I've had a lot of people ask me this, believe it or not. <laughs> so um, I know when I was in PAX the, a couple of weeks ago that, you know, there were people that wanted to get together and. Yeah, it was like last minute, you know, I would get a message through Twitter. Hey, I'm here at this place. You know, can we meet up? And it's like, well, I've already left the building and, you know, and I'm out in greater Boston. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so lost. <laughs> I, I was so lost a couple times, too. <laughs> well, uh, well, we're all meeting in one place, guys, at the baseball center. And um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So anyway, uh, like I said, I didn't want to get too long with it. Um, I feel like I've, I have unfortunately gone a little bit longer than I wanted. Um, but that's that's all the information I wanted to give you uh, about QGNCon. And uh, next, we're going to be uh, working on some logistical stuff as far as uh, price structures and, and whatnot. So so more information is is on its way as to um, when we're going to be selling tickets. And we're going to be selling those tickets on the website. And hopefully around June, we're going to start selling tickets on the website, questgimmenetwork.com. All right. Alrighty. Okay. All right, folks. Uh, let's jump into some gameplay. And uh, Mark, let's uh, let's start with you. What have you been doing in game? Uh, myself, I have mostly been getting. Uh, well, honestly, I've mostly been uh, doing a little bit of the QG of the um, the Jester's Festival. Uh, I've been running around uh, doing crafting writs. I almost this is all in ESO. I almost have enough to get the ebony armor. Um, just get the ebony armor entire uh, book, the 300 voucher one, and then I'm pretty much done with doing the master uh, the master writs. I don't see myself doing those uh, much often after I've got that. Oh, but you got to get all of the the stones to make your ebony armor. Uh, I've got a bunch of mimic stones just sort of crowded <laughs> in my inventory. <laughs> I'll work with that. So. Yeah, no, I've been doing that. Uh, I ended up getting the... Um, I, I've been getting a lot of junk in my boxes from the Jester's Festival, but I did get the Cherry Blossom branch. Yep. My wife thinks that's adorable. Just the flowers everywhere! <laughs> why? Of course, why not? <laughs> Those, uh, this Jester Festival, I, it's, been, it's been hilarious. And um, I've had a chance to... Uh, to to play a bit of it myself. Uh, actually, funny thing when uh, when I first got it, I was just flicking it around, you know, basically where all these different people were, and I hit this Khajiit who guys dressed in like dark armor and you know blades everywhere, and he turns and he does the emote of him drawing his thumb across his throat. <laughs> so I hit him with a mud ball and ran. Yeah, but the thing is, is you've got to get uh, 
I think it's 20 people, 20 players. You have to, to put those flower uh, hats on in order to get the achievement. Oh, there's an achievement? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. I've got the, I have the cherry blossom branch. I've got it permanently. Yep. So <laughs> get out there and put it all over everybody. Spread your flowers all throughout the land. Do I get, is there a skipping uh, emote to do? <laughs> no, but have you seen the the, the jester uh, personality? Oh, God. God. The run, yes. I, I saw someone go running with it, and it's like, okay, that's the jester one. Yes. We were showing that on uh, late late night Elder Scrolls last night. Um, and I, I think uh, I think Puzzle has it, Puzzle Drone in the ESOTR guild. I think she's got it. And um, Zephin has it. And we, we were just... I think Zephin got it that night. And I think also it was... Uh, we were there with Swamp Fox and Puzzle and Zephin. And I think Puzzle and, and Swamp Fox had it. And uh, they were cracking us up all night with that with that thing. And the walk is like... The, the RP walk, like the slow walk that your character can do in the game, that's been changed. Your jumping animation has been changed. The, the running animation has obviously been changed. And all of it is just hilarious. They did such a great job with that Jester personality. And I may actually end up buying that through the, through the Crown Store. I might do it. <laughs> um, uh, Mike, what about you? What about you, Mike? What have you been doing in game? So I've also been doing uh, the Jester's Festival for ESO, and I've been doing the uh, um, the motifs. I do have uh, all of the pages for the, uh, the um, what do you call it there, the ebony armor. And uh, I've gotten quite a bit of stuff for the house, uh, especially with this Jester Festival, because you get all of the banners for the house. Uh, it seems like there's hundreds of banners now at QGN Manor. Uh, so they can stop with the, the banners any time now. Um, and then uh, I've been in... Uh, I actually played Morrowind, uh, as I said earlier. Um, so one of the Morag Tongrits uh, asked me to go up to uh, assassinate this Odishan Yalembal, uh, I think. Right. I have no idea. Yeah, it's this giant long name with some Y's, some S's, a couple <laughs> consonants put together. Uh, and so what you have to do is you have to go to the northwest to tell Frey, and then travel southwest uh, to tell Aran. And then on the mainland of the Azuras coast, you have to find this little yurt. And in the yurt is this guy, and you have to assassinate him. Uh-oh. And uh, getting there was a majority of the gameplay, because... I was like, oh, you know, I've, I've started walking in this general direction. I don't have any of that side of the map undone yet. It's all still under the fog of war. So I started walking. And you're walking through the ash fields, and you're up high, and you get attacked by the cliff racers. Of course. And then I'm sitting there, and I end up in a valley, and I can't get out of the valley because, you know, physics. We don't have Skyrim horses. <laughs> and so you end up backtracking a lot. And so an hour and a half later, finally, I get over to the Mushroom Tower and, uh, you know, have to, you know, cure disease because by then I'm, you know, disease-ridden with all the Yagudi and, you know, cliff racers that have diseases. Sure. Finally find the guy, kill him in, in the, the, the yurt, get, spend the next, you know, bit of time getting back to Vivek City, 
only to find that no one there seems to want to talk to me about this writ that they gave me. So now I think I might have a bug in the game. Oh, <laughs> God. Like, After bitches. all of that? Yeah. Oh, man. <sighs> so well, hopefully I can figure it out, you know, as to who it is that I have to turn this thing into to, you know, finish the quest and move on to the next uh, part of it. But, you know, it, it, it's classic RP, you know, uh, role-playing game. You know, it takes a lot of time to get anywhere to do anything oh, yeah, of, of course. importance. Without a doubt. And that's yeah. that's that's the beauty of these uh, these older role playing games is, you know, it th- uh, that exact thing right there. You know, it, it yes, it takes a long time, but once once you finally get there, it's 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 a really rewarding experience. Unless it's bugged, right? And <laughs> yes. then then you want to you know throw your keyboard through the monitor. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, go ahead, Mark. Oh, just no. Um... Years and years ago, in my very first playthrough of Daggerfall, um, something happened and bugged out my uh, the inventory in my cart. And it just, I realized whenever I hit to a certain spot, the game just automatically crashed. Just if I was scrolling down the inventory, it just automatically crashed. And it turned out that for whatever reason, a single uh, ingredient that I'd picked up somewhere had corrupted and lost its image. And it was oh. just for that particular instance of that ingredient in my cart's inventory. I literally had to go and get a uh, or track down. And this was early days online. This was not an easy thing to find. Um, a uh, a game editor, a, a ga- uh, you know, a save file editing program, and search through the entire inventory of that cart and delete the one thing that was corrupting everything. Wow. You actually did that? Yep. Because wow. I liked the game that much. I was going to lose that save. He's like, I've got 300 hours in this. I can spend two hours <laughs> trying to figure out the problem. Two hours? <laughs> Sounds like it's a week. <laughs> yeah, it took a while. I, yeah, I bet it did. <laughs> Oh man, Mark, you are awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, a lot what of uh, doing? a lot of Elder Scrolls Online. I've been playing that, especially with the Jester's Festival. Um, I ran uh, was it Veteran Darkshade Caverns last night with uh, with Zephan and and Puzzle Drone and uh, Swamp Fox on late late night Elder Scrolls. And uh, we were in there for about a good two and a half hours. Um, unfortunately, we kept uh, we kept wiping on the creepy uh, Daedra spider that was calling us sweet meat the entire time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we had to sort of you know end the stream right there because I mean it was four thirty in the morning and poor Zephan had to be at work at eight a.m. and he's got a two-hour drive. So, <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh huh. Yeah. So. And we were trying to make it an early night for the poor guy, and he was like, "Hey, how about we do Veteran Darkshade Caverns? It's the pledge for today." <laughs> I'm like, "All right," and he's like, "Are you, uh, are you sure you want to do this, guys? It's a beast." So of course, me, I chime in. I'm like, "Hey, come on, we're a bunch of beasts, and uh, <laughs> let's do this." <laughs> he is such a trooper, though, because myself, him, Ray, and Evil Goat have been doing uh, Vet DSA every week, multiple times a week. Uh, to try and, you know, get our completion on that. And, you know, he is patient as, you know, as anyone I've ever met. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Well, he, he, you know, he loves the game so much. He loves our guild so much. And it really shows when he, when he is as, as patient as he is with this. And, um, it's, it's wonderful. It really is wonderful having him. Um, so, so, um, that should be, uh, I don't know if that's going to be hitting YouTube or not, but, um, I'm sort of, it's cause it's a long ass video. It's like two and a half hours and it's not a podcast. I, I don't know if people are going to like that kind of thing, but I, I might throw it up there see what kind of, what kind of interest it gets. Um, also been playing a lot of Elder Scrolls Legends, and, uh, that's been uh, a lot of fun. I've heard that Liz is kicking your butt, or at least that's what she says. Well, um, let's not talk about that. It's still a sore spot for <laughs> poor Liz. <laughs> um, she's We're got... never sure if she's actually telling the truth. You know, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Uh, Liz has a really, really, really cool deck. Um, and I, I told her that, too, while we were, we were dueling uh, a couple of times. It really is very cool. Um, I, she, I know she's very tight-lipped about it, and I will respect that, uh, so I'm not going to say much about it. Though I, I will say that it does trade a lot of a lot of health back and forth between herself and the person she's, she's dueling against. Um, in a, like a really unique way. Um, in a way that I've only really seen like Magic the Gathering kind of do. Um, so it's very cool. She's got a great deck. And um, unfortunately, uh, the deck that I was running, um, it wasn't prepared for, for that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I need to, after after her and I played a couple of times, I was like, all right, I need to adjust a little bit. And uh, I told her I was going to adjust. So I, I went back into my into my uh, collection and I slotted in um, a couple of copies of, uh, of a card that sort of, Again, I don't want to say like you know what her deck does and all that, because so, I know she's tight-lipped about it. But it's it's a couple of copies of a card that would have um, helped me in, um, in 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 the way that is is uh, advantageous, you know, for for her in in, in the uh, in, in the advantages that her deck gives her. This card in particular would have would have uh, sort of negated some of <laughs> Negates, that. Negates, huh? It does. It it. Uh, <laughs> It has some removal to it, this particular card. So I slotted in three of those. And, um, yeah, it, it won consistently. So, <laughs> so, so it did. So now she's out there, you know, building new decks, the Avarwin killing deck. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> she, uh, you know, I, I told Liz, I said, you got to adjust. And she said, uh, that I cheated. So <laughs> that's kind of where we left it. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay i cheated <laughs> um you know I, I i don't know about that i don't i don't consider it cheating but um you know because i i mean there is a there is a thing called sideboarding in magic the gathering where if you lose you've got literally you know as many cards as you can carry right next to you where you're just like oh okay let me just take some cards out put these cards in i mean you know i was watching the gp orlando tournament all day yesterday um <laughs> where i mean these guys are you know, they've, they're they're in, they're in the middle of a of a tournament with a ten dollar ten thousand dollar first prize cash prize, uh, and and they're they're sideboarding there too. So you know, <laughs> I don't know if it's really cheating or not, but you have to ask her. I'm sure she would disagree. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, I mean, just like I said, like a lot of uh, just been playing a lot of ESO and a lot of Elder Scrolls Legends, and uh, really enjoying uh, Elder Scrolls Legends now that it's out of uh out of beta they've got a promotion going on right now where um they're having 
they're um, they're having a brand new like a uh, story mode come out. Um, I think it comes out in June, and it's called uh, Fall of the Dark Brotherhood. And this uh, you can pre-order it. Um, it's just like their original campaign, where you know you download Legends for free. You can play their original story mode. It's a really cool story. It shows you how to play the game, and it tells a really good story too. Well, Fall of the Dark Brotherhood is just like that. It's another story in story mode. It's you versus the the, the computer, and um, and you get a whole bunch of extra cards for it. And uh, if you pre-order it, you also get the um, uh, Doom Wolf mount pet, uh, the Doom Wolf mount. In Elder Scrolls Online, which was the exclusive mount that they offered when the Dark Brotherhood Guild DLC came out about a year ago. But so. you still haven't answered my one question, though. Oh, what's that? Is it narrated by Cicero? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope, it, I hope it's, it is not at all narrated by Cicero. Because uh, that, that guy has got the worst voice I've ever heard, ever. Because <laughs> the time frame is correct. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know he's going to be a card in it. He has to be. You know, I'm not sure. It, uh, he absolutely is. He is. He is a card in it. Um, Pete Hines uh, does a does a uh, Elder Scrolls Legends stream on Friday sometimes, and uh, he actually showed the uh, the Cicero card. So yeah, nice. yeah, it's de he's definitely a card. Um, that's me, folks. That's me. I haven't really been playing any of the single-player games for a while. No Skyrim, no Oblivion, no Morrowind, no Daggerfall. Just just ESO and Legends. So. Hey, there's still other Scrolls games. Oh, hell yeah, of course. And they're fantastic ones, too. I like the flavor. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the hardest things to, to nail down, or pin down, I should say, for, for a card game is how do you make it feel like an Elder Scrolls game? How do you get that flavor into into that format? I think they did a really good job. Yeah, I just can't wait for it to come out to, like, ISO Mobile, you know. I mean, it came out to iPad last week, so yeah. that's a good step in that direction. Yes. Uh, so I just have not gotten around to actually putting it on my iPad because uh, my daughter has confiscated that somewhere. She snagged <laughs> your iPad. Yeah. Aw. She plays uh, uh, a learning game on there. Uh, called Prodigy, and so she's got it on her pad and on my pad, but it drains the batteries oh. very fast. I had Prodigy so. back in 1990, but that was an internet service provider. Yeah, this one is a math game, so oh, you okay. cast spells like, uh, you know, you it asks you to do a math problem. If you get the math problem correct, you get to cast a spell, kind of like uh, old school Final Fantasy, like, you know, PlayStation 1 Final Fantasy. This was the slowest mud crab ever. <laughs> Did you guys see this? Um, and Steel, it's going to kick your ass. <laughs> he's like, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> it looks at this and sees you shooting air. Oh, there he oh, goes. They, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it, Johnny. You're ignorant. They're coming for you. Look, here comes a mud crab now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How many of, times have you seen that? Night of the living mud crabs. <laughs> Now all we need is a well. Now all we need is no, never mind. No, I'm just not, I'm not going to do this. When there's no, no you need a Cicero. A, <laughs> when there's no room in oblivion, mud crabs shall stalk the earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Ugh. All right, folks. Um, 
<sighs> cheesy cheesy horror movies aside taking place in Elder Scrolls um, let us let us jump on the old lore boat um, that is kind of like the banana boat and let's what is this about the Morag Tong written Marwin was that was uh, that was Mike's thing that was my uh, okay. my uh, gameplay all right um <clears throat> so so um all right before we do the history of, I just want to mention our, our uh, one of our sponsors, which is Tweaked Audio. Uh, TweakedAudio.com, guys. All right. They uh, they sell some pretty awesome earbuds. And for about $25, you're going to get uh, earbuds that are not only going to last you for a very long time, but the quality is extremely high. Really awesome sound clarity. Great quality product. Extremely durable. Happens to come with a lifetime warranty. All right. If, uh, if anything goes wrong with these earbuds... Call them up, they'll send you another pair for free. Pretty much just like that. Um, the other great thing about these earbuds at tweakedaudio.com is they ship worldwide for free. So doesn't matter where you live, uh, if you purchase the um, if you purchase any of their products on their site, tweakedaudio.com, you don't have to worry about shipping. They cover all of the shipping costs worldwide, and that's uh, that's a pretty big deal if uh, if you're living outside of the states. Um, so tweakedaudio.com. Uh, fantastic, high quality, high clarity, noise reduction, uh, noise reduction technology. Okay. Sounds, uh, your music or your, your audio podcasts sound great no matter what's going on. Okay. Or how, uh, how busy it is, uh, around you. It's great for commuters. Uh, we're also going to save you, uh, 15% off with our code off the record at tweakedaudio.com. So you're getting 15% off with our code off the record. A highly durable product for a reasonable price shipped to you for free. I don't know if you can get any better than that, guys. It's a pretty awesome deal. Over at Tweaked Audio. So we want to thank Tweaked Audio once again. Thank you very much, Tweaked Audio, tweakedaudio.com, for sponsoring our show in part today. And, of course, for sponsoring uh, The History Of with Mike. Yep. So we're going to read a couple books about the Telvani. Uh, since that's what we're here to look at today and this week uh, is, you know, some of the, the great houses and, you know, how they've impacted uh, Morrowind. So especially the Telvanni because of their, their crazy building style. So the first book is The Affair of Wizards. Want to become part of Hell's Telvanni? Outsiders learning the rab learning of the rabid isolationist and outlander-hating temperament of Hell's Telvanni wizards often assume it would be impossible to obtain positions in service of House Telvani. And why? Nothing could be, <laughs> nothing could be further from the truth. They need slave labor, that's why. Mm. <laughs> For example, since the Telvani vigorously defend the right to own slaves, and since they keep many Argonian and Khajiits as slaves, many Argonians and Khajiit assume they would not be accepted for service with House Telvani. Not true. Somebody needs to wash the dishes. Mm. Telvani accept all races as candidates for members. And since the Telvanis are ruled by wizard lord nobles, many assume that they accept only candidates of the highest intelligence and willpower. Also not true. Telvanis accept candidates of modest intelligence and willpower. It is true that advancement in Telvani ranks depends on high intelligence and willpower, and that candidates proficient in the arts of magic, especially mysticism, Conjuration, illusion, alteration, destruction, and enchanting can expect to advance faster and higher in the ranks. But adventurers of all races and abilities who apply to Telvani's mouths at the Telvani Council Hall in Sedrith Mora 
for acceptance in House Telvani can expect a cordial welcome. Telvani counselors do not serve on their house councils in person. Instead, they are represented by a mouth, a trusted subordinate in residence at the council hall, acting on his patron's behalf, receiving messages from their patron and casting their patron's vote in council affairs. The truth is that House Tovani wizard lords depend on loyal, well-paid, skilled retainers for most services. Though House Tovani does recruit from their own lower classes, they must go outside their house to hire the craftsmen and specialists they need. And since, for political reasons, House Tovani has chosen to reduce its reliance on veteran mercenaries for protection and security, it has been forced to turn to Western mercenaries for guards and agents. Promotion in the ranks of House Telvani, however, is very difficult for outsiders. Most disconcerting for some potential candidates in is House Telvani's casual acceptance of murder and assassination of rivals as a means to advancement. The though those reluctant to prove their worthiness by killing off the competition, and those uncomfortable about competing competing in such ruthless atmosphere, might better employ their time and efforts in the mages guild so sounds like a cuddly bunch don't you think yeah absolutely real uh real nice folks these uh these these mushroom hugging telvani i, yeah, I think they've I, been eating the mushrooms all i can really think uh, in that last part about assassination is dead men's shoes uh <laughs> I, I don't know if you've read the disc world no no um okay based terry pratchett uh amazing series <laughs> Uh, first few books are a little rough, but like just a handful of them. But it's really good, excellent satire and parody. Highly recommend it. Really do. But it, there's Unseen University, which is the the Wizards College, and in the early days of it, uh, in order to get a promotion, you had to kill, or you couldn't get a promotion until the person above you was uh, died and because wizards live so long the wizards took t- turn to assassination in order to get the get to their you know the better positions which meant that you know in order to get there you had to go through dead men's shoes <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah i heard um so, I, i've heard of this uh i've heard of this uh this series Discworld, since i was oh i was in high school and uh, I mean, it, it, Terry Pratchett started coming out with the, now he's he's obviously Terry Pratchett was from um, uh, my uh, among other things he was also part of Monty Python right? No 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 uh, Terry Pratchett I don't believe he was ever part of Monty Python but um, no he was uh, uh, he was British but I don't believe he was part of Monty Python. Oh, I thought he was. I think you're thinking of Terry Gilliam. Yeah maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah but no like. Um, if you enjoy fantasy at all, Terry Pratchett is really good. Uh, there's an entire series. It starts off with a book called Guards, Guards, which is focuses on basically the knuckleheads who basically when the hero is running around and you've got the lazy city guards, the corrupt authority in a fantasy movie. This is basically it focuses on these guys as they actually end up having to be the heroes. <laughs> It's again. It's just a really good series, and the see the entire series just gets better and better as it goes. There's like forty books. Wow! And you can ju- you can just pick up any one of them and go. Wow, well, Mark! I'm very disappointed that you didn't 
refer to him by his proper title, Sir Terry Pratchett. Yes, <laughs> Sir Terry Pratchett. Uh, his daughter, uh, I believe it's Rihanna Pratchett, actually um, is the author for games like uh, Overlord and the... Um, Overlord. Yeah, the Overlord game series. The, yeah, uh, I have that. The um, Tomb Raider Tomb Raider reboots and those. So uh, his daughter went into writing for video games. Oh, that's 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 great! <laughs> wow, I didn't know that uh, Terry Pratchett had. First of all, I, I know obviously nothing about Terry Pratchett since I thought he was part of Mighty Python, but um, I think it's really cool that that uh, his his daughter. Uh, is is now writing for some video games that that I'm I'm familiar with. That's that's pretty oh, yeah. cool. Like lead writer and every yeah. So yeah. anyway, I've completely derailed us, Mike. Why don't you pull us back on track? So without having to kill superiors to take their position, uh, there's this uh, letter for a uh, uh, father to his son. The mottos of the great Dunmary houses. To my son, whose inability to remember even the simplest facts embarrasses our family at every opportunity. This is to inform you of the words of the great houses of Vardenfell. Live and breathe by, and the saints they hold as their patrons, representative of their goals and motives. If you ever again confuse the Lalu and the Dres merchant nobles with whom we trade, I will disown you three and ten times. And once again, to make the deed final and eternal. <laughs> wow, three and ten times and once more. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Two, four is right. Uh, four is too much. Five is right out. Three, sire. <laughs> One, two, four. Three, sir. Three. Fourteen so, times disowned. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> so, House Rhetorin. A, a Rhetorin is a warrior whose duty is first to the tribunal and second to House Rhetorin and third to the family and clan. St. Nerevar, the captain, is the patron saint of House Rhetorin. House Inderil, justice knows no sleep. Inderil shall order, the temple shall judge. St. Olms is, the just, is the patron saint of House Inderil. House Lalu, to trade fairly and freely is to honor the three. St. Vela, the pilgrim, is the patron saint of House Halu. House Drez, to spread culture and truth to, to the benighted... <laughs> This is our comment, our commitment and burden. St. Lolis the Pious is the patron saint of House Drez. And then, importantly, for our conversation today, House Telvani, the forceful expression of will, gives true honor to the ancestors. St. Voice the Emolent is the patron saint of House Telvani. You will likely not note the lack of an absent motto to the sixth house, the Shadow House, the House Dagoth. This is because that house is extinct, destroyed in the Battle of Red Mountain after which the remaining houses built the temple to the tribunal. If you ever mention this house in polite company, I will disown you. So there's five times now. Wow. You will note that twice now I have threatened to disown you. This is because my hands are not so black as Mafala's or Lord Vivek's. My heart is too weak to simply remove you from my family. <laughs> Keep this text with you at all times, and let it shame you for every reference you make to it in your dealings with our nobility. I'm so nice, I won't murder you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Spare our lineage the great shame of your own foolishness. May I never have cause to call you Swit in public again. <laughs> wow. Well. So, uh, 
Real, real. Some uh, of the names, you know, all the names of the houses. Obviously, we should all be familiar with. We've, you know, heard them before. Anybody who's played Morrowind or ESO or even Skyrim, you've run across some of these. Uh, some of the saints we've heard uh, before, but uh, the House Tovani saint here, uh, voice the Emolent. Right. I look to see, you know, I'm like, okay, let's see if we can find this anything else on this guy. And other than the mention in this book, there's really nothing else written except for an AMA Reddit piece by Lawrence Schick two years ago. Uh, and he said, at the time of ESO, the Talvani patron saint is Vryas, V-R-Y-S. But he's a bit, dot, 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 unsavory. And reference for him falls out of fashion by the time of Elder Scrolls III Morrowind. So we really don't know anything about this guy. So maybe with the upcoming uh, DLC, we'll actually uh, see something going on as to who this guy is and, uh, you know, or girl is and what's actually going on. Even uh, the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, they didn't have they didn't have anything. No, it just references this book. Wow. So there must be just no lore on this. Yeah. Saint Voris. So. I thought it was kind of interesting, and, you know, we'll see what goes from there. But, uh, yeah. yeah. See what happens. So then we get a book called The Great Houses and Their Uses. Living in the Ashlands, you get used to life being hard. Angry Kwama, poisonous fungus, tribal raiders. Cliff Everything racers. wants to kill you. Don't let them. I've compiled some notes on the great houses of the Dark Elves. Use them or don't. It's yeah. your decision. Mike, Just don't I... come from... I gotta, yeah. I gotta jump in for just a second. You know, uh, you're you're naming indigenous things in Morrowind that that are you know tough, and it says, "Don't let them kill you." Right, right at the moment where a cliff racer has finally taken its final blow on my character, and I die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I guess you know, as it says here, "Don't come crawling back to me." <laughs> <laughs> Don't let them kill you. My God, that's genius! I, I'm trying not to let that kill uh, that cliff racer kill me, but God damn it, he really wanted me dead. <laughs> well, be thankful in the new expansion they can't fly yet. Yes, I am very <laughs> thankful for that. So it says, uh, "Don't come crawling uh, to tell Varno if you find yourself in a dread slave caravan." So let's take a look at House Telvani. There's only one good thing about the Houses of Mages. They don't give a guar about the pack. They only care about their sanctuary on the Telvani coast. When the pack formed, they got their robes in a twist and tossed out every other house trooper they could find. They're no friends of the Lizards or the Nords. They won't walk to the other side of the road to save another's house grandmaster. In short, the classic Ivory Tower Wizards. Everything else about the brown hats is bad news. They move almost as many slaves as House Drez. To become a noble in House Telvani, you need serious power. Look at a well-dressed brown hat the wrong way, and they'll melt your face off. They value fabulous magical treasures just as much as books. You couldn't trade for a stale loaf of bread. Loose coins, rampaging Daedra, couldn't make me assault a mage's tower. But if you're desperate to leave Nern, I suggest buying armor enchanted against fire and frost. Then observe the tower as long as you can. If you mark any magical defenses in place, he'll probably have to come outside to restore them. You might have better luck in the street, 
but examine your new loot carefully. Some treasures have their own defenses built in. So, they kept referring to the brown hats here, so I'm like, okay, let's go look at what's the brown hats. Uh, and so, the three of the great houses actually are identified by colors. Red for Redoran, and yellow for Lalu, and then brown for Talvani. So, I guess, uh, you know, most of what they wear to distinguish themselves from other houses is, you know, brown hats, possibly brown robes, uh, to distinguish themselves. So, it's kind of an interesting, you know, thing that... Uh, these uh, th these mages, you know, actually have a, a color coordination. I know that uh, House Indril, I think it was, that has a blue color uh, that identifies them. But you rarely ever see any, like, uh, colorations of people in the game uh, to denote who they are, where they belong. So it, it will be very interesting to see with the expansion if Zoss actually implements a color coding system to the, uh, the housing um uh, people, or yeah. which house they belong to on the island. They've got, uh, they've got Lawrence Schick there. I mean, he's, yep. you know, he's the, uh, he's, he's the lore master and a, and a, and a fantastic one from what we can all tell, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to be, uh, knocking on his door or have been on knocking on his door quite a bit for this. Now, I guess he has a pronunciation guide for all of this stuff that is distributed. And I asked Rich if he oh, would yeah. send me a copy, but he's like, no, I can't do that. I'm like, damn it. Oh, why not? I have no idea. Come on. <laughs> That'd be great to have, like, uh, you know, a, a nerd dictionary of Lawrence saying all of these crazy names. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Well, it would be fantastic is if we can get him onto the show, but. It's been... well, you never know. What we got to do is really ask. You know, we might actually be able to get them on. Mm. I asked once; they weren't biting. Uh, that, that was a long time ago. So, now the thing that really makes the Tavani stand out more than anything else—not their wizardry, not you know the fact that they keep a huge number of slaves, you know, like House Dres does—it's where they live, and you know. And Morrowind, anybody who's played Morrowind has, has come across these. And anybody who's played the expansion for Skyrim, uh, they've come across these. It's these giant uh, mushrooms. So the basic guide to Talvani construction. When one is given opportunity to visit Morrowind province, one will undoubtedly notice the strangeness of construction. The glaring differences in architecture, far more familiar imperial-style buildings... Foremost in unusual design are the almost wholly alien structures favored by members of the Great House Telvani. While the house is considered among the more xenophobic, the members are generally unwilling to part with the hard-learned knowledge. We have been able to piece together a great deal of information from various sources about the fantastic dwellings of the Telvani. All Telvani towers need magic and care to be properly grown and require a great deal of expertise across multiple fields. It is necessary for one to be familiar with construction, primarily to select and prepare a site. Architecture to understand what kind of shape are appropriate for men and myrrh to live in, what growth patterns offer the greatest structural stability, and other such concerns. Magic to be able to grow the fungus in the first place, and to guide its expansion later on. Mycology Again, primarily for site selection. It is vital to know under what conditions the fungus can survive and to what extent it can be manipulated through magical means. 
Morrowind's generally inhospitable environs seem to offer the Talvani fungus ideal conditions in which to thrive. Indeed, many Talvani towns are found along coastlines where harsh rocky shores meet the salt water of the seas. So, hopefully, you know, we will actually be able to see some of these uh, mushroom towers. They're great mushroom towers. Uh, and, uh, you know, be able to get inside. Uh, we know that, you know, if you have played Skyrim, that you have been inside one. Uh, are you actually inside one right now, Varwin? Uh Mushroom tower? No. <clears throat> um, I mean, it's it's a, a mushroom settlement, <laughs> but it's not like a tower tower. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a difference there. I don't know. I think that's what they mean here. You know, the a room that goes up into one of the towers. Mm. Uh, there's a couple bigger ones that you can get into where, you know, it's multiple chambers, uh, depending on the settlement that you go to. But, you know, this is what they're talking about. I mean, it's you know a mushroom that has a room in it. I mean, the biggest one we really have seen so far is probably, uh, you know, um, the size of the ones in Skyrim where... Uh, you go in and he's got multiple floors and uh, yeah, you know, a very large expanse. Um, yeah, yeah, and the uh, Dragonborn DLC, right in uh, Solstheim? Yeah, I forgot the NPC's name, but yeah, I know who I know who you're talking about. Uh, Neloth or Neloth? Ne- Neloth, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the one of the most amazing bastards in all of Elder Scrolls. <laughs> and I think Mark's going to talk about him in his section here. Oh in a while. yeah. But I got yeah. one last reading to get through here. Okay. okay. This one's a really short one. From the homilies of Blessed Almalexia, uh. the dubious healer. Once upon a time, a Telvanni issued forth from his tower and proclaimed to all the world that he was a mighty and learned healer, master of all alchemy and potions, and able to cure all diseases. Lord Vivek looked upon the wizard and, listening to his boasting, then asked him, How can you pretend to prescribe for others the cure to all diseases when you are unable to cure yourself of your own manifest arrogance and foolishness? (laughs) And with that, that ends the history of. (laughs) Wow. All right. Well, uh, I, I, I really liked some of the, uh, some of the stuff that you brought today. Uh, One of the things that, that I learned in particular is um, that, uh, speaking of bastards, the uh, Talvani really are a bunch of unsufferable pricks. <laughs> yeah? Oh, without question. And, uh, I mean, yes, I mean, it is without question. I mean, that guy was, uh, I mean, that, that one that one person in particular, that one dark elf in particular, was, was ready to disown his son 14 times. <laughs> At last With count. One note. <laughs> It became 15 for another reason. <laughs> um, yeah, simply because, you know, the kid who's you know probably a dunce. Uh, he's, the father's right. Probably should have known some of that information that he didn't know. Um, but really? Disown him? And that being the nicer option? Uh, the other one being that I'm too nice to kill you? So, like, if if he was a bad dad, he would have... So, like, if he, if he killed his son... He would have just been considered a poor father. What the hell? <laughs> hey, if Mafala is his mom, then yeah. <laughs> why? Why would you go? Uh, why would you indulge in heresy against the tribunal? I re- how? Where did you learn that? I learned it from you. <laughs> <laughs> is this? Is this your heresy? Is this yours? Where'd you learn how to be a heretic like that? <laughs> Off with your head! <laughs> I, I learned it from watching you, Dad. 
<laughs> if you're a heretic, your kids will be heretics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. 80s drug commercials. They fit so well with heresy in Elder Scrolls, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> this is your brain. This is your brain in, on Telvani Mages. <laughs> Any questions? Don't become a Telvanni mage. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, before we jump into the Sonarist archives, which we've we've got uh, a just a cornucopia of fun waiting for you, as far as jerks are concerned in, in Morrowind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we, uh, we do have another quick network break that we're going to jump into with Audible. And, um, Mike always does these very, very well because, uh, you know, he, he uses the, he's been using the service. I've actually just started using the service again. Um, so, and you know, I, I liked the, uh, the Dr. Who, uh, audio book that I was, I was listening to. Um, but, uh, Mike, you've got, uh, you've got your own suggestion for, for Audible, right? Through our, uh, yeah. Which, which you can get for free, by the way, with, with our, our free link, audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork. Um, Mike, what, what, what do you got for us on this? So growing up, uh, one of my favorite authors was R.A. Salvador. Uh, you know him from uh, the Dritz Do Earn uh, series in Forgotten Realms. But he has another series that he made, and uh, this one's called Canical. Forgotten Realms, the clerical quintet book, and it's audible, unabridged. Uh, Ari Salvador, the author, Victor Bavine, uh, the narrator, and it's by Audible Studios. A classic adventure from the creator of Dritz. High in the Snowflake Mountains sits the Edifice Library, a place of scholarly study for priests, bards, and others. Now from the hidden vaults beneath the library, a devastating curse is unleashed, and a young cleric must battle the terrifying creature set loose by a maleficent, by a malevolent consuming essence that has been released. Before his own brethren turn against him, Catterley must put his studies to the test and enter the catacombs far below to save his brothers and himself. The listening length is 10 hours and 29 minutes, Ooh. and it's available at audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork. Mm. I, uh, I very much appreciate you uh, coming on the show with, um, <clears throat> with a, a nice suggestion there. And, uh, you know... Um, R.A. Salvatore as a suggestion. I'm not too sure if he could really get much better than that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you know, he has a huge number of books. I mean, most of the books on one of my bookshelf, the entire shelf is filled with just stuff from him because he's that prolific a writer. Um, and then, you know, to have them available on Audible and it's 10 hours and 29 minutes. I mean, that's a huge amount for book one of five. Mm. And you get it for free. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't go wrong. You you really can't. Um, okay, so so uh, so Mark, you're up uh, with the Sonarist archives, and like I said, we had a cornucopia of just jerks <laughs> waiting <laughs> waiting to be uh, to be spoken of, and uh, where where which which uh, um, which, uh, which jerky boy are we on? <laughs> yeah, which which dark elf ne'er do well are we ready to to speak of today? <laughs> well. First of all, we're we're going to be talking about wizard lords in the Elder Scrolls, and uh, I guess to sort of get everyone on the same page, let's first sort of talk about what is a wizard lord, because fantasy, the idea of usually the wizard spends their, you know, when you picture a wizard, it's they're off in the distance in a tall tower, far away from everyone else, um, up to their, you know, up to their own devices doing their magic, doing their experiments, communing with unholy things. 
but far away. They're not involving themselves in in politics unless it is somehow to maybe advise a king or something else like that. But then you get other examples of wizards where they are involved in politics. Now, House Telvanni is an example where they are involved in politics, but really the house is involved for the sake of keeping together a structure that will allow the upper echelons to be able to do their magic in peace. You know, they, it keeps them stocked with whatever uh, with whatever equipment and whatnot they want, whatever uh, materials they need for, for everything, and gives them protection. They, they've got servants, they have everything they need, they don't need to worry about anything else. They let leave the actual politics to well-paid servants, and otherwise, they don't care. They don't even care if they start if uh, they kill one another for power. It's just not, you know. They they are more concerned with what am I, what am I able to work on next. And that like that really is House Telvanni. And for me, that kind of even just defines what a wizard, what I see a wizard lord as. Just this this person that they're not really interested in actually. And actually using their power for anything but to create the infrastructure they need to just get their magic going. Right. You're a wizard, Harry. And honestly, like, if you look at, um, well, where you are now in the other Telvanni lands, they're just small towns built around these massive mushrooms. And the mushrooms themselves, the big ones, are not designed for people other than mages to go around. Uh, In... Skyrim, the mushroom, uh, Neloth's mushroom, had the ability, had a um, a flight pad where you could, it would basically lift you up to the next level. But the other ones in Morrowind, you need to actually have potions of flight or spell or scrolls in order to make your way around it. Because the people that made it assume if you are here, you can fly. You have access to the magic to do it. Or a catapult. <laughs> or a catapult. <laughs> or a really strong orc to, to hurl you. <laughs> no one throws a dwarf. <laughs> Just thought Don't tell the elf. <laughs> Don't tell word. the dark elf. <laughs> no one throws a Khajiit. <laughs> How did you get here? I'm not telling you nothing. <laughs> so... You know, like, um, I, I I think that the best example I can think of for a wizard lord in my own mind is actually in D&D, there's a character named Azalin. And basically, Azalin is a lich who inherited his position from his family. He wanted to be a wizard, but he just sort of felt that, uh, crap, my idiot older brother left the, the um, left our people starving. I don't want to do this, but fine, I'll go be the king. But we're doing things my way. And he used his magic to sort of shore everything up, but primarily, okay, everyone, you're going to stay in line and keep order. I'm a, I'll am be in my room. <laughs> I, I've got stuff to do. Anyone gets out of line, I'll toast you. Otherwise, I'll be in my room. Mm, so this is the, uh, the our first our first jerk today, huh? That's yeah, our first jerk, but he's an outsider jerk. He has nothing to do with the Elder Scrolls. I think the first real jerk we need to look at, though, is the infamous 
Jaeger Tharn. Ah, Jaeger Tharn. Jaegermeister Tharn. Or yes. Jagger Tharn, or however you you wish to describe him. The, or uh, whatever his name is. Creator of the Jaeger Tharn bomb. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 Oh. Don't quit well. your day job. <laughs> oh. Um, Intact. Well, Tharn himself, uh, he was the main villain in Arena. Frankly, if it wasn't for him, uh, we wouldn't have a plot line for Arena, which wouldn't have led to actually creating Camriel and Daggerfall. <laughs> we wouldn't Wait, you're have saying a. There was something in Arena. If it wasn't for uh, for Tharn, we wouldn't have a really nice map to create a game world around. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tharn. Tharn's uh, influence on the series is, you know, it's immense, and yet it's very difficult to tell what actually went on. We know that he took the place of Uriel Septim for decades and pretended to be Septim for a, a you know for a very long period, which became um, the Imperial Sim- Simulacrum, I believe it was called. And what he, he he basically let the entire empire fall to pieces while the, your character in Arena ran around looking for the pieces of the Staff of Chaos to free the Emperor. And when you really look at it, we don't know why did things fell apart. For example, like he was a battle mage, so and they became em- and then he took the place of the Emperor. Did it fall apart because he was just purely incompetent? He didn't know how to be an emperor. He intended to be a good king and rule for... Like, he was doing it for himself, but he intended to be good at it. And he just was incompetent and couldn't. And as a result, things fell apart. Did it fall apart because once he was in power, he just started indulging in the pleasures that his power brought to him? We don't know that either. Maybe he just basically said, okay, I'm emperor now. I'll be in my room. (laughs) Don't knock on the door. (laughs) (laughs) If if you see an an amulet of protection on the door, it means I'm busy. Or on the doorknob, it means I'm busy. Oh, 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 giggity goo. (laughs) So so it's, it's that type of thing. We really don't quite know what he was doing during that period. All we know is that the overall result was that the Empire began to collapse. So what do do you guys think? I mean, this is a character that has been mentioned throughout the games and in the lore, but we don't know what his, what exactly it was he contributed, like how he, he had that effect, the effect he did. I think Jaeger Tharn uh, from from the moment the emperor waltzed into the door, or rose to power, or power was transferred to the emperor, I think Jaeger Tharn set this dude up as a young emperor to fail miserably, step by step, over the course of like ten years. And with the final step complete, Jaeger Tharn just captured him, kidnapped him, rather. Shoved him into uh, into into uh, a pocket of oblivion and said, "All right, folks, the idiot's I'm the gone. I'm gonna be in charge." 
I think that's kind of what happened here. Well, yeah, one thing that ESO has done really well is it has really built up this entire narrative of the Tharn family. And it's it really comes down to it almost is like he was trying to live up to his ancestors, you know, strength of political power. And, you know, as, as a, a, a mage wizard lord, you know, it, it, he's falling short in a lot of places. And it doesn't come across as the best uh, uh, on his part, the way he accrued power. But it's not nothing short of what the rest of uh, these evil bastard Tharns uh, seem to be doing in ESO. True. I would say that Abner Tharn, he's not any—he's not a character you can beat. He's just too good in every single way at being a jerk. Yeah. He's got jerkiness down to, yeah. like, you know, science. But also, to be fair, he is dedicated to the Empire. Yes. It's Empire first, then his family. Or Empire first, then himself, then his family. But he holds that dedication. Um, he doesn't seek to put himself on the throne as far as he's concerned. His magic is a means to an It seems for him his magic is a means to an end. So for the purpose of this discussion about mage lords, I don't know I would actually consider that he he gets into the that right sweet zone where Telvani fits. He's a mage who is a lord, but I don't think he's a mage lord. I don't know if, if that... It's probably just splitting hairs. I don't think so. I, I No, I, yeah. I think you've got a very, very uh, clear difference here. Um, <clears throat> you can have, like you were saying, he's he happens to be a blue blood. He happens to be a lord, okay? But he has some magical know-how. But he didn't... He, he could probably get his ass trounced by anyone in the mage's tower that's got any sort of significant rank. And mm-hmm. I think that's the difference between a lord that is a mage or a mage lord. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm willing to say that you've got, you've definitely got a... Now, whether that's actually true about... Uh, is it Jagerthorn or Jagerthorn? I am not sure. I think it's Jagerthorn. I've heard it pronounced both ways. That's yeah. the Yeah. Part. Right. Um, well, whatever way you prefer. Okay, I'll say I'll say uh, I'll say Jaegerthorn, but because um, he's like a Jaeger bomb. Absolutely, so. it makes it funnier. Jaeger <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> bomb Tharn. Um, I don't know if that's actually true when it comes to uh, Jagger Tharn. Uh, what, what I can say though is um, his, the 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 uh, the guy that we see in Elder Scrolls Online, which is is not Jaeger Tharn. It's um, oh, who is that guy? Who's an ESO? Who's the Tharn in ESO? Well, there's... Um, That's Ab- Abner. 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 Abner Tharn. Um, yeah. Ab- Abner Tharn. Very strong. Very strong kind of guy. Very, very strong um, with the magics, as they say. Um, anyway, I'm, 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 I'm going on about it. But, um, yeah, please continue. Mark. It's okay. Because, actually, you know, um, going from... The idea of Abner, where it's not really a, a, you know, he's he's a politician who has magic. His magic is a means to an end. How about, I mean, then there's also characters who, they are powerful mages, but they're also powerful. They also have a lot of power in politics. For example, we have the King of Worms and the Underking. 
needless to say, the king of words worms is nigh on a god, as is the under king. He himself, you know, he his heart powers the the device that Septim used to Tiber Septim used to conquer the the remnants of Tamriel to take out the uh, the Altmer. So the two and frankly activating his heart causes the frac causes a dragon break. So yeah, the, both of them are pretty powerful. Oh. And the Under King or the King of Worms uses the heart to ascend into true godhood. So there's that too. <laughs> um, and that's just his heart. That's not his brain. <laughs> that's just his heart. If I only had a brain. Um, but this is one of those things where. So the question is: Are would we consider them to be mage lords too? Because again, these are uh, these are super powerful mages that work but they work from the shadows and they actually then use their power they 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 manipulate their uh, or they use their political power whereas with telvani their power is only to get sort of the the next magic project done whereas the king of worms and the under king they're more focused on the creation of of these bigger plots the king of worms Godhood, the Underking, finding true death, like actually ending his existence. Vengeance. Vengeance. Still blood curdling. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Lysandus. The Underking, someone different. Oh, is it? I um, thought that was. Uh, yeah. I thought that was the same. No, no. The un the Underking is basically. Uh, there's some confusion as yeah. to exactly who he is, but basically, um, he may have to. He may have been an avatar of. Um, oh, I can't. Lorcan? No. The. Um, yeah, the yeah, Shezerine. Yeah, so he's either a avatar of the. He's a Shezerine avatar of Lorcan, um, or. He it was Tiber Septim's original battle mage, uh, you know his his right hand man, and basically the heart their heart got turned into the uh, into the the mantella which powers the Numidian, which is the, the heart got turned into the Nutella. God. Is that what Sorry? happened? His heart got turned into Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you eat enough it of was it, a, yours will too. It was a horrible spell, but very delicious. <laughs> it turned out good for everyone, though. <laughs> well, it caused a dragon break the next time it activated, so, so that happened. That's, that's a thing. Uh, so, yeah, basically, you know, now, so compared to the Telvanni, we now have these two characters who... They are powerful mages who have, the, who have immense political power... But their politics are are more active. They are specifically they have, have they have goals outside of what's the next spell I want to look at, what's the next mystery of the universe I want to delve. Right. So, and you'll notice that as we've been going over these, we haven't really been hitting a lot of characters in the series that fit that sort of disinterested mages just sort of sitting in a tower somewhere. 
like we we yeah. have the mages guild, right? But those are mages in a social society, right? You have, and we don't have a whole They're lot all of just drinking buddies. Exactly. We but we don't have a whole lot of mages who are just off on their own. The Telvanni are pretty much as close as it gets, really. Well, if you want to talk Iceberg. about, he's in the sewers instead. <laughs> <clears throat> if you want to talk about jerks that are mages, how about that? Uh, that mage in the mages guild in oblivion um that uh forces you to go into a well and drown yourself for a damn ring it's a really awesome ring <laughs> that's a super bowl <laughs> ring my oh that's a super arena ring my cousin won it while he was in the arena <laughs> Here, while you're at it hold this black soul gem when you go down there i'm gonna cast a spell on you to really help you yeah, right. <laughs> and you go down there and you see like there's another mages guild uh apprentice floating dead in the water. And you're like, oh man, I'm not the only one, huh? <laughs> that guy's a jerk. The only other guy like I could think of that would fit that bill would be the guy in the uh Black Soul or the Azurus Star. That he doesn't sit in a tower, but you know, he has true. made the Azurus Star into his, you know, tower. That's true. It's actually interesting that it seems that in Skyrim you we have the most of these uh, lone mages, and all of them are in tiny caves. Yeah. You know, n- none of them have towers or anything. It, it's all just tiny caves. Um, I ge- but I guess this sort of brings me to sort of a last example of a someone with political power and then magic. And that's actually Nefulga, who... If you play through Daggerfall, you find out is the mother of King Lysandus. Lysandus being the man, the ghost who is screaming vengeance every single night in the city of Daggerfall. Now, Nefalga was, of course, the one of the dowager. She was dowager queen uh, for when Lysandus was king. And she was also a powerful mage. She never held, as far as we know, she never held the throne as the ruler in her own right. She was queen, but we don't know that, you know, sort of like uh, Lysandus was king, his word was law, and he had a queen, but that she didn't have the same power as he did. Um, so we don't know exactly where on that totem pole Nefalga was. But we do know that she was powerful enough that when her when her son decided that he didn't want to be king anymore, that he wanted to run off and live with his mistress, she actually was able to help him and cover the entire island of Bethany, or at least the field in which this major battle was about to occur in Mist. Though, to be fair, she was also able to do that because she owns a dragon. <laughs> Man, where was she when it turned to Betnik? It was she hadn't been born yet. Oh, okay. But she she is actually it, it is in the lore of the game that the whole fog that allowed Lysandus to fake his death and that uh, unknowingly then go to his actual death a couple of weeks later. That uh, entire thing happened because Nefulga sent her dragon to cast this spell there. So she's powerful enough. That she has a dragon obeying her commands. 
through to Varwin, you are in deep crap right now with <laughs> surrounded by cliff racers and a dagger. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got bonuses to the dagger, but you know, spoilers, it didn't work out for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and what? So in in the Morrowind expansion, we're supposed to now be people who who teach or are supposed to play wardens where we teach cliff racers to fly. The, isn't that just like hurling nukes around? You're bringing on the apocalypse. <laughs> well, I think that one of the things we should do as a quest line in there is they should bring you up on top of a ridge of a really tall mountain and just give you like a cage full of cliff, cliff racers and you get to throw them off. Oh my God. <laughs> Be like, one will fly eventually. And then that's the one that becomes, you know, the the uh, the eve of their, their species it, and, you yeah. know, the devastation that they bring to Morrowind. The proto-cliff racer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, it isn't the, the the power called shrieking cliff racer or something the that you call the cliff racer down yep yeah so basically uh so really that every time you use that spell it makes saint Jewib cry <laughs> <laughs> all right mark anything else uh well i mean i guess the only way to end it off is to really sort of acknowledge um while Abner Tharn is a great jerk, I think that the jerkiest of the mage lords has to be his high jerkiness, Neloth. I mean, this is a guy who is so unflappable that when an apprentice who he, who he was experimenting with dies and comes back to life because of the experiment, is pissed at him, raises an army of at, of living ash abominations to get revenge on him, his response is basically, huh, so that happened. <laughs> <laughs> that and he uh, casts a spell on you that turns your eyes into tentacles and your mouth into tentacles and just basically leaves you unable to scream. Mm. But uh, ready and because he, because he's a jerk like that. Ah, <laughs> uh, Neoloth. All right. Um. Any more? Any more jerks? Uh, with uh, with no, robes? no. I'm I'm afraid that we've hit our jerk quota for we've the night. Jerk. That's that. That was that completes the cornucopia of jerks <laughs> with with magics. Pretty much, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, um, I would I would say that that uh, that list there is not lacking at all. We covered quite, quite a few. We even even uh, shifted over to Abner Tharn at one point, um, which which I like. Uh, great job, guys. Great job, both uh, Mike and Mark. The history of and the Sonaris archives were really really good this week. Um. Okay. So. Uh, we're going to jump over to our, our last ad for the week, which is uh, Amazon.com. Um, and quickly stated, folks, um, you know, uh, you'll you'll be doing uh, QGN, a huge service, if uh, you think about QuestGamingNetwork.com. And uh, before you buy something on, on Amazon, uh, we've got an Amazon link right at the very bottom of our front page. And uh, if you click on that Amazon link, uh, you're, you, are, you are telling Amazon... I came to Amazon.com through Quest Gaming Network. And um, whatever you buy on Amazon, uh, Amazon is going to um, basically give us a percentage of, of the sales that we referred to, to Amazon for. 
this is done at no extra cost to you. This comes directly out of their um, directly out of their their marketing and advertising budget, um, and that's that's basically how it works. They've got this money set aside already for for uh, marketing and advertising and incentivizing folks like ourselves, small businesses, to uh, bring more business over to them. It's a form of internet piggyback advertising, if you will. So. Um, so there it is. Okay. Uh, lots of people shop on Amazon and, uh, they do, uh, through this way, sponsor our show. And, uh, we'd like to say thank you. Um, and, uh, we would also like to ask if you, if you are going to buy anything on amazon.com, uh, please go to questgamingnetwork.com first, click on our Amazon link down below on the front page and, uh, you'll be doing us a huge service. So we'd appreciate that. All right. Um, Thank you very much, everyone, for, for hanging out with us uh, during our uh, uh, bulk of the show. Uh, we've got more show left for you. Uh, fast question of the week, the crafting table, and uh, some some uh, some pretty fun tweets that we got uh, for a question that we asked online earlier today. Uh, but first, we're going to hit up the fast question of the week, and that is this. This goes to Mike and then Mark. Actually, got two here. Um What's the th- what's the one thing about Marwin that makes you want to play it? And then what's the one thing that makes you hesitate from playing it? Mike. So uh, I really like the stories that uh, it brings. It, it takes a long time, and they're very deep stories. It's uh, unlike uh, some of the other stuff that has gone on in more recent past where it's quick, get this done, get this done, get this done. Okay, the story's over. These stories go on and on and on for a very long time. So there's a lot of storytelling going on. The thing that I hesitate is there's a lot of mechanics that are very unforgiving in the game. Uh, things like your uh, regen of Magicka that just isn't there uh, unless you put a, a, a mod in. Uh, some of the wonky controls, um, the yeah, just you, there's no true block function that we're used to where you have your your uh, your, your right key on your mouse. Uh, you have to just hope that if you have a shield that that it's going to come up and block for you. Just mechanical things like that that just make me so frustrated playing it. Yeah, I would uh, I would definitely agree to that. Um, what about you? Um, hold on a second, uh, Mark. Yeah, what about I, you, Mark? I would say that um, things that make me always want to come back is is the different guilds and groups that you can join, like the Imperial Legion and the the Imperial Cult and the the tribunal temple, the the different houses, and then you've got the fighters guild, the thieves guild, the morag tongue. You have so many different interesting groups that you can join and ways to explore your character. But at the same time, yeah, I would say that mechanically the game the game does suffer. It's uh the I I really don't like the combat. I really don't I don't like how plotting movement is. I think that that's what uh, what really sort of frustrates me about the game is that um, in Daggerfall, sorry, in yeah, in Daggerfall, in uh, okay, yeah, in Daggerfall, in um, uh, Oblivion, in Skyrim, even in Arena. You move at a you know at a fair uh, at a pretty consistent rate. You can speed yourself up, sure. But when you need to, when it's like okay, but I really need to get here quickly, you can you can fast travel if you choose. In Morrowind, 
you move it sort of just there's this plotting nature to your movement that seems more exaggerated than the other games but then if you do want to really get somewhere quickly it's like um i i just want to finish off this quest because it's i don't like wandering this area i find that the the ashlands are dull or or whatever you just don't want to wander you just want it's like okay i've got this part done i just want to hand the quest in no you're stuck you have to now plot on home yeah we were talking about this before the show that you know, you could take the the um, the Silt Strider to Vivek, and then you take the boat from Vivek to this town, and then the boat from that town to this town. And by the time you're done, it's like, oh my god, it's like trying to catch a subway, you know, to Queens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it worked. Like the game, okay, the plotting can be avoided when if you if you basically say. Or uh, use the mark and recall spells. But the fact is that you shouldn't need to use these spells to make, to, like, you shouldn't be required. Here's two spells you must have to make the game move at a reasonable pace. Yes. And and that's, that is definitely something that I know a lot of people, they kind of, um, they kind of dump on, on Oblivion and, and Skyrim for, for sort of adding in, like, quality of life mechanics to to the game um and, and and people look back and they say oh man you know real gamers real elder scrolls fans love marwin real elder scrolls game fans love um love daggerfall uh, because you know we didn't have all this you know uh fancy fancy crap we didn't have all of these uh you know, uh, new gamer um, uh, lazy mechanics that exist in the game. And the fact is, is that um, there are moments when you can say, sure, okay, yeah, definitely, absolutely. But but a lot of moments, too, you, you say, well, uh, these are called improvements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you could use the teleport spells at the Mages Guild to teleport from one guild house to another guild house. You can take silk striders to different places. You can take boats to different places, but it's like, you can't just say, okay, I want to go here and I'm here at this place. No, you've got to like plan out this whole convoluted route and different modes of transportation to get you close enough to actually run the rest of the way. Yeah. E- even if you, even if you've been there, you've discovered all these points. You can't just turn to the, to the mage guild person and say, look, pass me down the line. Right, <laughs> you you have to stop and do it at every single place, and uh, yeah, and that's very now now I don't mind that I, I know we were talking off air earlier I don't necessarily mind that, um, but that is annoying. It, it, it and if you've if you've watched the stream and and how I sort of you know been been playing, you'll see why that's annoying. Um, I've had to when when I, I the whole idea behind my gameplay today. Um, Mike was saying that we want to get into the Telvani areas to sort of show that stuff off a little bit. So I said, okay. And we sort of plotted out a cor- uh, course using um, um, uh, tra- a means of travel that we knew would be there. Uh, but trying to find some of the NPCs, especially when I got to Vivek, in order to get from Vivek to... Um, oh man, where did I go? It was uh, Telbrenora. Um it was a little hard. It was a little tough. And if it was just a, a straight, you know, hop, skip, and a jump from Balmora to Sadrith Mora, it would have been it would have been fine. 
Um, but that's not the way this game is built. So, sure, you know, there there are some of those things um, that are kind of negated. You know, the fast traveling system in Skyrim. Some people point out to that, and they say this is this is lazy gameplay. Um, not really. You have to first. Well, it it's a little too um, easy in Skyrim because you can literally go from point A to point B with fast travel. That you know, ESO has done a nice job of balancing it out. That you can go to point A to you know this way shrine and then ride or walk the rest of the way to your destination. Sure. Um, you know, Oblivion and Skyrim made it so that you literally could port from one area of the map to just any other area of the map that you've already discovered. Sure. Um, and but you got it could first be like discover. literally right into your own house. Yes. You got it, but you've got to discover it first. That's that's yeah. uh, that's something that that I always tell people. I mean. You know, is there is there some laziness in that? I, I don't really know. I don't think so. I mean, you're you are looking at a first person game. You could always walk, um, but you have to discover it first. And and here in in Morrowind, the extreme is on the opposite end is is the case, and uh, it's it's pretty annoying. Um, the quality of life improvement from from this traveling system to Skyrim's traveling system. Um, it's pretty big when you're, when you're talking about it's a single player game and, you know, we're productive members of, of society. We all have jobs. We've got families, we've got responsibilities. You know, do you really want to spend 30 minutes of gameplay trying to get from point A to point B? Would you rather just be there if you so choose, if you don't have time and actually get into some meaningful content? So I think there's something to be said on both ends of, of the, uh, the, the debate there for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, when it comes to things about Morrowind that make me want to play it, I'm going to go with, um, hey, Elder Scrolls lore and open world. Um, I love I love uh, the open world feel of, of Morrowind, and uh, that's what I love about the Elder Scrolls series, and I love the Elder Scrolls lore too. Um, there's something that, that makes me hesitate from playing it, though, definitely the combat. Without a doubt. <laughs> and the movement speed. Um, and I know there's there's mods that correct that, but um, I, I don't like downloading that stuff right now. So I, I like to get more into a game, learn the game before I start bypassing its its intended mechanics. But that's just me. Okay, um, Mike, uh, we're here. We're uh, we're jumping into the crafting table right now. Speaking of mods, and uh, I would like for you to uh, to present this, sir. Okay, so. Crafting table today, Correspondence of Morrowind by Cliffworms. Correspondences of Morrowind adds new reading content to your game by placing around 190 new documents around Vardenfeld, Mornhold, and Solstheim cities and dungeons. These new documents include correspondences between people, interesting potion recipes, special instructions, shopping lists, shop, tavern, temples, handbills, love letters, and letters exchanged between bandits. So the requirements, uh, the latest version of Morrowind, Tribunal, and Blood Moon. Uh, and uh, saved games do not need to start a new game to see these changes. There is no known conflicts or errors, and it can be found at the Nexus mods. Uh, so, you know, take a look at that. Uh, not that there's already not enough reading in Morrowind, uh, <laughs> but, you know, some of these could be very interesting uh, things to add to your RP experience. Absolutely. 
And uh, when talking about Marwin, I know uh, a lot of uh, uh, Marwind fans are um, they're into they're into the lore for sure. And uh, not too sure if if um, you're you're into the fact that you know you're you're looking at at uh, at lore that is from a mod and not from the devs. But hey, it's there if you want it. So it looked pretty cool, and I wanted to sort of feature that on the show today. Um, no emails for, for classic this episode, but we did get some tweets, uh, responding to our, our question here, which I think is something we may keep up doing. Um, our classic question of the week, which is your favorite build in Elder Scrolls three Morrowind reply with an answer to be read aloud on tonight's show. So, so our first answer came from Owen Jones. Who says, uh, Wood Elf Hunter is my standard build. Killing a cliff racer with a single arrow is incredibly satisfying. Yes, Owen. Something I have not experienced yet. (laughs) (laughs) His entire quiver is empty and he had to pull out the dagger. Uh, Mark, would you mind grabbing uh, from Lotus of Doom? Sure, from Lotus of Doom. I always run a jack and master of all trades. I search for, for the way to max everything in the Elder Scrolls. In Elder Scrolls Three, was damage skill, uh, damage skill slash train skill. I also believe the classes for the class for Morrowind was named Sexual Deviant, and I was a Dunmer <laughs> with one half glass and Daedric armor. Wow! Wow! So you didn't need the mod for that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I, I'm. On the one hand, I'm curious about what skills that class had. On the other hand... We know what it had on its other hand. The Gauntlet of the Horny (laughs) Horny. Ah, yes! I knew it! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Gauntlet of the Horny Fist. Both of them. Um, Mike from uh, Kellen. Kellen, Kellen, Kellen. Kellen Wilkins. Kellen Wilkins. Uh, many moons ago, I played a wood elf with the Daedric Crescent and Glass Armor. Basic two-hand melee build for my first RPG. Daedric Crescent and Glass Armor. Basic two-hand melee build for my... Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, from Jeff Jeff Hardy at Koroth says, Spell Sword! Or is it Battle Mage? I can never remember what the difference is. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy good uh good replies guys i appreciate the uh i appreciate everyone who uh who replied to the tweets and uh please follow us at elder scrolls otr for uh for more of this kind of thing i think we might even do this for elder scrolls o- off the record too that was kind of fun yeah all right final thoughts from this episode starting with mike uh, I think that if we see a tower in the distance, we should just burn it down from now on because we know that there's a bunch of clowns that live in it. Mm. <laughs> a couple of got a bunch of jerks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn jerks. And there are Argonian slaves. Set the save slaves free first, though. Yes, absolutely. They they don't they're they're not there by choice. Uh, Mark, final thoughts. Mike can hear the water. Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got to hang out for the very end of the show, guys. We've got a, a funny uh, uh, outtake that, that we, <laughs> we, we recorded right before the uh, the show technically started. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
No, um, this this was a fun game. Uh, fun. Uh, this was a fun show again, and you know, it, it, again, we we learned about the jerk, the all the jerks in Morrowind. We did. We absolutely did. <laughs> all, all the non Altmer jerks. Uh, right. There's <laughs> a, a line there. Yeah, when we eventually do the Altmer level, it's going to go like the high, you know, the most jerky Telvani is going to be slightly below the kindest Altmer on the jerk level. <laughs> oh, no. You you know, there, there's some nice Altmer. But yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll be, you know, but they're slightly better than the jerkiest Telvani. Yeah. Ever so slightly, right? Ever so slightly. Although I don't know if you'd hear the same thing coming from uh, from Wolf and from uh, from Rob. I think uh, I think they'll say that uh, the the uh, the nicest uh, the nicest high elf uh, probably outranks the uh, the nastiest dark elf. Anyway, uh, I think that he would say the nicest dark or the nicest uh, Altmer is the one being raised by the Talvani necromage. <laughs> Yes, they like their yeah. they like them dead. That's that's their favorite. Yeah. Their favorite yeah. high the elves only are nice the dead Altmer ones. is a dead Altmer. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh this is the end of our show and uh we do appreciate you guys listening uh and uh downloading and and subscribing uh to our our YouTube channel and our podcast. Um if you enjoyed this uh this Elder Scrolls production, be sure to check out our other great podcasts here on quest gaming network, such as elder scrolls off the record, where we'll be recording that next week, uh, where we talk about our, uh, the, the news in elder scrolls, elder scrolls online, and certainly all of our gameplay. We always have a good time there. Um, dancing with daggers is a stream that we do. Well, but before we jump onto that, um, I want to talk also about, um, uh, KD radio, uh, our, our general gaming, podcast that records uh as as uh Shaleen and vendatron like to say fortnightly <laughs> uh every other week um they record q uh kd radio i'm getting tired guys can you tell kd radio our general gaming show they do a fantastic job they're they're definitely a a really good team those two um, their, their latest is, uh, up on, uh, questgamingnetwork.com. You may want to check that out. They talk about the, uh, the, uh, the latest, uh, Zelda game that just came out for the, um, that, that essentially launched the, um, Nintendo switch. switch. Yep. So that's a uh, good discussion that they, uh, they had on there. Um, QG DND, another one of our awesome podcasts run by this guy right over here. Mark, who is our Yay. our dungeon master on QG DND, and uh, currently right now they are going through the um, Curse of Strahd campaign. Yes, uh, the fourth episode is just about to drop, so you know it'll be ready for uh, it'll be ready for any um, uh, transit tomorrow. So that'll you know that it, it it's an interesting one. Um, it starts off with a crazy event and, uh, the group decides to split up. So what could possibly go wrong? Oh, nothing ever happens. Uh, nothing bad ever happens when a group splits up in, in D and D, right? So we, have this, we have this big problem. We don't learn from our mistakes. We just keep making them worse and worse. Yeah. Honestly, the only thing that could have made it worse is if half the group decided to go and get seriously drunk. Because <laughs> seriously, every any time they do that, 
something hits the fan. Things Luna happen. Oftentimes suffers. <laughs> so check out QGDND, folks. It's uh, it's it is hilarious. It is hilarious what they do. And uh, using the uh, the fifth edition uh, Dungeons and Dragons, by the way, it's amazing, amazing uh, edition yeah, of, of great edition. I think it's I think it's their best. I don't now. Put down your pitchforks and uh, and your and your torches there, second edition guys. You guys, second edition folks, you cling to that second edition like. Apart when they couldn't be able to never hit seen. you anyways because they can't roll a thacko. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so so there's that. Okay, De- definitely check out our our other uh, our other great podcast. So that's uh, KD Radio, QG D and of course Elder Scrolls Off the Record. You can get all of these on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, QuestGamingNetwork.com, and of course on YouTube as well, YouTube.com slash QuestGamingNetwork. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, we would like to ask you to please comment and like us and subscribe if you have not already. Uh, the, the comments below on the YouTube video uh, definitely help out, and so do the upvotes too. We would appreciate that. Um, follow us on Twitter. Mike is at KDR Mickey. That's KDR M I C K E Y. Mark is at Carnegie Wolf. That's C A R N A G A N W O L F E. And I am at Avarwin, E V A R W Y N. And you can follow this show and Elder Scrolls Off the Record on the same Twitter account at Elder Scrolls O T R. That's, and that's not E S O O T R, guys. <laughs> it's not, we're not Elder Scrolls Online Off the Record. We're Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Is at Elder Scrolls OTR. Um, I guess that's it. I guess we're kind of done with this, aren't we? Yeah, I'm sort of sad. I'm sort of sad. <laughs> Let's say goodbye. Yeah, summon some cliff racers. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I'm not that sad. I don't want. <laughs> not sad enough. To, You're not that sad. <laughs> I'm not sad enough to, to you know torture myself with cliff racers. L- load up the mod that when you kill one, it spawns two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or, that is a mod. I don't know why someone made that. Because they, they're saying You can't uninstall the mod. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, all right. So time to say goodbye, guys. Let's start with Mike. Have a good night, everybody. And uh, keep the cliff racers at bay. And Mark. Good night, all. And if remember, if you're going to be a mage lord, be a jerky mage lord. Good advice right there. Take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the foose be with you. I can definitely hear the water in the game. <laughs> can you really? At first, yeah. At first, yeah, I thought uh, you were pouring a glass of water or something, and then I'm like, "Wait a minute! It doesn't sound like water." <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen. Um, I think that's a fine beginning to our show. Hey, everyone, how you doing today? And uh, and welcome to uh, classic Elder Scrolls number sixty-eight. Mike can hear the water in Morrowind. <laughs> <laughs> This is Classic Elder Scrolls brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network and available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and QuestGamingNetwork.com. And today's record date is Morndas, the 27th of First Seed, and I am your host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, Evarwin. And this right here, this this uh, lovely 
God. Oh, goodness. Alright. I don't know if we're alive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> massive freaking failure. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> well, it's a good outtake if there is ever one. <laughs>